Hey, how we doing tonight? Come on, can you point your praise to Jesus real quick? Ah, uh -uh. hey, don't sit down back there. I see you. Stand up. Come on, somebody give God a great shout of praise up in here. Come on, if you think he's a good God, I pray right now. Come on, somebody just praise a little bit. Somebody clap. Put your hands together. Come on, get your energy out. It's night one, people. Come on, how many are excited for Reveal Conference? Can you say, Sandy, can we honor this house real quick? Come on, how many love the pastors of this house? Pastor Dusty, Pastor Kendra, we love you. We honor this house. Come on, you may have a seat. Just tell somebody they look better after worship than before worship. That worship helped your facial structure a whole lot. You looking awesome tonight. How many were here last year? Hey, come on now. So we're friends already. We're going to hang out a little bit. Hey, I, I hope you're doing well tonight. But here's what, here's what I want to do. My name is Michael Bertel. I would, would love to meet you. We're friends now for those who haven't um, cordially seen me preach or weren't here last year. But I want you to treat night one like it is the last session. I don't want to wait too long to get warmed up for an encounter. I don't think the right words need to be said or the right songs need to be sung or the right chords need to be played or we got to hit you with the lights for a second. Like, ooh, there it is. Okay. You know, we don't need the right environment to just choose to have an encounter with God because you're going to be at school one day and it's not going to be the right environment for you and you're still going to have to choose Jesus in the midst of a dark moment. And thank God that this is not a dark moment. We are full of life in here and the Prince of God is in here. But come on, let's start this thing off knowing that God is going to do something incredible. So how many came here expecting something to happen in their lives? We got a few people. Man, I'm so grateful to be here tonight. And uh, I'm excited to preach a little bit. And I, I think when I was here last year, my wife was pregnant at the time about we were just a few weeks away from giving birth so now we have three kids we have three little boys it's crazy she wants a fourth our youngest is 11 months old and she already wants a fourth so I just give her NyQuil at night and say shut up you know and uh <laughs> and so yeah we're, we're we're gonna figure that out real quick um and so we're journeying through, you know our, our church is called the house keep praying for us but I, I'm with family it's my second time so we family and I, I want to talk to you like an older brother tonight. If, is that okay? And I say older brother, and I don't know if that even applies. I don't know if I could, you know, be old enough to be some of y'all's dad. But I'm in my mid-30s. Anybody remember Popeye? This is, see, like, this is the cartoon. This is the cartoon I watched <laughs> a little bit. So, um, hey, if you are ready to receive tonight, can you shout amen? amen. All right, let's go to Isaiah 61. When I was praying for you on what I, I was going to preach tonight, uh, God changed it on me. He, he flipped the script on me. And it was even just this morning as I was praying, I had a, I had a word. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this for Reveal Conference, 15th year of Reveal Conference. How many, how many of y'all are not even 15 years old yet? <laughs> they were doing this conference before you were a sparkle in your parents' eyes. You got to think about that first. Don't think about that. But... How incredible it is that God has been moving. But God, God has given me a, a, a specific word tonight. I believe that it's going to be significant for the season of life that you're in. I pray that the Holy Spirit conforms it. Now, I've only preached this to my church. However, this is the first time I've ever gotten to preach it to some young people. But I heard that. The young people at Reveal Conference are a little bit different than any normal young people. I heard they're a little spicier. They're a little louder. They might smell, but they can praise like nobody's business. <laughs> Come on, somebody just elbow their neighbor and say, get ready for tonight. We're going to Isaiah 61. Let's go to Isaiah 61. Does anybody love the word of God? I don't know about you, I'm, I'm ready to preach. If you're ready to shout, then I'm ready to preach. And the more you shout, the longer I'll go. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have some, some old school church tonight. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. It says this, the spirit of the Lord, of the sovereign Lord is on me. 
Because the Lord has anointed. Someone say anointed. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart. This is, this is some good news right here. Bind up the broken heart to proclaim freedom to the captive, relief from darkness, the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to focus one second on what I'm going to talk about tonight. That second lot, the Lord has anointed me. I'm going to preach something that is something like I just said. I've never preached it to youth, but I think it is so imperative that youth understand what the anointing actually is. From the top, you're not even sure what it might be. And I grew up in church, and for a long time, I just thought it was the goosebumps on my arms. I thought it was the fog machine coming in thick. I thought it was the right song being played, and I thought it was getting a date at the end of youth group. That is the anointing of God. Chick-fil-A and a girlfriend all in one night. Praise the Lord. Can there be a better night? <laughs> they are anointed. But I've realized as I've grown that there is so much to the anointing of God. And I'm going to break it down for you tonight over the next couple minutes. But uh, I'm excited to tell you my title because you're going to have no idea what it means. Here's my title. Dead flies and anointing oil. Dead flies and anointing oil. How many are confused? Perfect. I got you right where I want you. Holy Spirit. Grab this word, speak through me, open ears, open hearts, and may you anoint this place and set it on fire. And may we have a passion that burns for you in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. amen. Come on, shout amen. amen. On the count of three, what I want you to do is I want you to shout your last name. Think about it. Some of y'all came out, you, you, you came to youth tonight, you drank three monsters, and you, you don't even know who you are. <laughs> so on the count of three, I want you to shout your name. Are you ready? One, two, three. I didn't hear any of it. Didn't hear a single name. And you know your last name. Now, when we say Jesus Christ, a lot of people think Christ is his last name. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is his title. So there is a transition. You have a last name. Jesus has a title. Christ literally means the anointed one. So when Jesus showed up, it wasn't Jesus Christ. That's all oh, that must be. No, it's Jesus, the anointed one. And the evidence comes from the miracles that we see Jesus performed all throughout his life. So we know that he is the anointed one. And even Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And I'm anointed. And here, let me, just, let me just make an observation. If Jesus has to be anointed, if Jesus wants to be anointed, shouldn't you want the anointing on your life too? I think if the most perfect person that ever walked the face of the earth walked under the anointing of his father, you might want to tap into that oil as well. So he is the anointed one. And what I've understood to live this Christian experience, to live your day in and day out, to make the right friends, to date the right person, to make better decisions, you need the anointing. If we've ever needed the anointing, it's in 2022. I don't know about you if you've observed the world lately. It's not getting better. <laughs> it's on a road that we don't want to join. But there must be some young people that shake the title of culture and understand that I am anointed as Christ was anointed. I have my Father's anointing in me. And you have to start here. How do you know you're anointed when you, when you receive salvation? It's not a qualification. I don't need to see your resume. I don't need to see if you've been good this week. Did you obey your parents? Come on. Thank you. We got one person. None of that matters. You know what matters is, is that you keep giving God your yes day after day, moment after moment. Stop showing him your qualifications. Start giving him your all-in yes. 
that God, whatever it is you want me to do, you need me to do, I'm in. Here is my yes. And what I've learned is that we can't move forward unless the Spirit of God comes upon us in a way where we live differently than everybody else around us. There is no substitute for the anointing of God. Every single one of you have it, but not every single one of you are cultivating it. The anointing of God might be in you, but it not, might not be flowing through you. I pray tonight we shake it up a little bit. I told you that tonight you may have never heard a sermon on the anointing, but God brought me right back to this for a particular reason, that there's no substitute. And here's what I've learned. There's no good vibe that could ever break a yoke. There is no good vibe that could break a chain. There is no viral TikTok that can break an addiction. There are not enough likes that you could get on Instagram that can heal your need for validation. There is only one way that you will receive and believe and walk in a faith and walk in a boldness. Because I can tell you to be bold, but the moment you walk out there, you're still bound with fear. So I don't want to deal with symptoms tonight. I need to get to the root. And the root of it is if you start functioning in the anointing that the Father has already placed on you, you might walk in the freedom that you know you need to be walking in. So tonight, it's a freedom night. There is no good music that could break any chain. Have you ever been to a concert and you loved it? It was a good concert. It's a great band. You, you vibing out. You dancing. Not like you dance in church either. Your hips be moving. And you're like, yeah, I can't do this at church. Church is just sway. It's just sway. I got to stay in my zone. You know what I'm saying? Like, but when you come to church, and it's the same keyboard, it's the same guitars, Singers are singing on key as well, but there's something different to it. And it's not the songwriter that wrote the worship song. It's the one that's writing on the song. That you could be at a concert and not feel anything, but the moment that you hear a worship song, you're moved by it. Why? Because there is a presence that comes when you are glorifying the one, and his name is Jesus, which means there is an anointing that enters the atmosphere. And that is what we need to be chasing after, filling every space with anointing. And let me just tell you, you don't have to walk into every classroom singing a song. Because when you are the anointing, when you have the anointing, every room you walk in is a potential miracle ground for you to start changing, to start pushing back the gates of hell. See, we don't need to fight enemies in church right here. You need to... Get behind enemy lines and be a light in the dark world. But you got to be anointed. There is no cool environment that scares hell. There is no self-help book that can break you free, which is an awesome thing. But I pray that we understand it all comes through the anointing. There are no skinny jeans, praise God. No education level that can replace the anointing. Everything else is an additive. And I'm not even upset with additives. I just think that we don't understand where we have to start. So on night one, this whole conference, going from session to session, from worship to worship, speaker to speaker, I want to start tonight with one thing being well understood in this room. Whether you've been distant from God, whether you've been hurting, broken, busted up, friends have left you, you've walked with offense and hurt, or maybe you're actually in a good season. I do not care where you've been, what you've done, who you are. You still need the anointing of God to make it to your calling, to get to your destiny, to become who you're called to be, to walk faithful, to be bold. You need the anointing, which is you need the touch of God on your life. You need the hand of God on your life. You cannot get to where God needs you to get to without God touching you on the way. With his hand not on you is a, an impossible feat to press forward. Let's go to 1 John 2, 26. It says, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, take this personally, the anointing you received from him 
remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit. If we've ever needed the real anointing and not a counterfeit version, it's right now. Come on, there's a lot of people that be raising hands, but they don't walk in the character of the same words they're singing. We don't need counterfeit right now. We need something real. Not counterfeit, just as it has taught you. It says this, remain in him. Okay, you want to step, how do I get this anointed? How do do I, you remain in him. You don't remain in your opinion. You don't remain in your thought. You don't even just remain in church, which is a good thing. But you have to realize you have to remain in him. On a Wednesday, you got to remain in him. When you're struggling, you got to figure out how to not quit, how to not walk away and remain in him. And it says the anointing teaches you. I love that. I know you don't like teachers. But man, you got the anointing in you. It'll give you a discernment to walk out of some circles, to walk away from some people. It'll cause you to make a decision that is way past your grade level. Maturity is not dependent upon how old you are. It depends upon the anointing you're working in. The anointing I'm functioning in. I can see a 12-year-old that's anointed. Just look at David who chose to walk in front of a bunch of adults and said it's not about age. It's just about me remaining in him. And then now he's going to use me to defeat a giant even though I'm not of age in their eyes. I am in God's eyes. Remain in him. The anointing is what separates you. The anointing is what makes you different. The anointing is what makes you stand out in this world where everybody else is trying to fit in. Can I encourage you? You don't got to look like everybody else. You don't got to go viral. You don't have to do that, be that, go there. Popularity is overrated. You don't need it because once you have it, you're going to have more problems. Just be who God called you to be. And the best way to do that is to continually go against the current and be anointed. I'm going to just get real with you. You, sh- you shouldn't even choose a date until you know the anointing in you. Because if you don't know what's in you, you will give it away for a cheap price. And let me just shout this from the rooftops. Don't sell your oil cheap. Because it was bought at a high price. It, had, it didn't even have a price tag on it. The price tag was a person. And that person shed his blood. So that you and me could walk in such a way, not that we would go with the flow of everybody, but rather we would stand against the grain and look a little bit different and preach a gospel that might just save a world and turn this city and turn your youth group and turn your school upside down. I wish I had some people in here, some young people that said, I'm not going to stop living for culture. I'm going to start living in the anointing that God's given me. I'm going to push against it. You have an anointing in you. Don't date without the anointing, and don't date him unless he has it. Girls, if you got to take him to church, you need to take yourself somewhere else. Man, if she's trying to take you out of integrity, you need to take yourself to an altar and pray real quick. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It goes both ways. Stop looking for something that you don't have. Because when you don't know that you're anointed, you're looking for something in someone else that they don't have. It's only found in Christ. You're looking for fulfillment in someone else. They don't have that. You're looking for purpose in someone else. They don't carry that. It's only found in Jesus. And when you're anointed, it gives you a discernment. You know what discernment is? It tells you no when you didn't even know that no was the right answer. So have you ever felt that? You're like, I don't know what it is. I'm just not supposed to go there. I don't even know why. I'm just not, why? Maybe the Holy Spirit working in you. That's what it says. The Spirit is upon me. The anointing is within me. Just liken this. Liken the anointing to the presence of God and the Holy Spirit being active within you. It'll keep you from heartache. Did you know so many of our prayers 
or God, would you heal me from something that you already told me not to do? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We have hurts and life happens. But so often, we're the sheep that wanders off and goes on our own. And Jesus is over here. Well, why don't you just come back? Why don't you see what's inside of you? Why don't you see the power that's within you? And it's not by you. It's not because of you. It's, it's actually it's in spite of you that I have placed an anointing in you that could transform everything around you. And everywhere you go, you are built to be different. You're built to be different. So it's time to cultivate this anointing. Now here's what I mean by dead flies. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 10.1. Because the anointing is awesome. The presence of God is in me. The Holy Spirit is with me, which is just... Jesus in spirit, Father of He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I get this spirit with me. It's the Spirit of God with me at all times. But why am I not seeing things happen? Why am I not feeling God outside of church services? Look at Ecclesiastes 10 1. It says, As dead flies give the perfumer's ointment a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. What it's saying is that there are some dead flies that got in the anointing oil and they stayed there. And then it likens the dead flies to bad decisions, a little folly, a little sin. Now, we live in a culture that says a little sin doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, the Bible, that's pretty old school, right? Why don't you live your life? Oh, there's grace for you, right? And we live this life and we go do us and we go on journeys and then we come back and we live as a Christian but we also live with a little bit of sin in our lives and we seem to be okay with it. What God is saying is you're contaminating that oil that I put inside of you and it's like dead flies in an oil. Have you ever had a drink where a fly flew into it? Right? Isn't that the craziest moment? I'm like, why did you choose to do that? Like, why would you just, like, <laughs> plummet to your death right there, bro? Now, unless you are sick, you are not considering drinking the fly with the water. Now, maybe maybe there's enough of you be like, oh, it's one fly? I'm going to do it. It's protein. Like, you always have that friend that calls every bug protein for whatever reason. But imagine 10 flies. Oh, that's disgusting. Drinking. All these flies. I got a picture of a fly for you if you've never seen one. Up close. Check this out. I don't know if we can we put it on all this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Little eyes looking at you. Imagine 10 of those little buggers up in your drink. Dead flies. You don't want to touch it anymore. Here's the problem. That is what... God is likening our oil to when we keep walking in a way that we shouldn't be walking in. And some of y'all looking at this picture be like, my boyfriend looked like that. <laughs> yeah, he a dead fly. You might want to move on. <laughs> but there is an oil inside of you. Why isn't it flowing through me? Why doesn't anybody want what I have? Because maybe what they see is more dead things than living things. They want to see a Christ alive. Not a faith that is past, oh, my parents are saved, so I'm saved. No, no, no. You have your own faith, young people. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the God of my parents. No, it's not. It's the God of you, yourself, and you. That when you wake up, he gave you breath to wake up. When you woke up, he gave you mercies that are new. He gave you a grace. He gave you a new day. He gave you a new start. And he didn't do it to somebody next to you. He did it to you. So that you might wake up. And let me just tell you, a Christian isn't hell's worst, worst nightmare. The Christian that knows he's anointed and appointed and set apart and consecrated and boldly going to live and lead, that's the one that scares hell. So when I talk about dead flies, some of you have some dead flies as friends. Some of y'all have some dead flies. <laughs> Y'all's reaction was funny. <laughs> some of y'all have some dead flies still on your phone. 
They could be found in your history. But we don't want to talk about that. Don't, don't do that. No, no, no. Don't, don't, be, don't be doing that. Do you want to be free or do you want to? There has to be some point in our lives if we could just reason together. Here's why I'm preaching this to you tonight because I know what's in you. But here's the problem. So does the devil. And I pray that the devil does not win the fight for your soul. That you would end up giving up this anointing that's going to have you changing atmospheres, changing lives. Your life was not meant just for you. You're going to make a dent in hell and you're going to make an impact on this culture. But you got to walk a little bit differently. you got to be okay when people come in your life and then leave your life. And you cannot keep going back to dead flies and bad decisions and things that your past is your past. But guess what? He died for your past, so you don't have to keep going back to it. Why don't you just set tonight as a night that you're going to move forward and not look backwards? You can't drive a car looking in a rearview mirror, so you might as well stop trying to move forward while looking over your shoulder. Better things are ahead than behind you. Let the dead flies go. Let the pornography go. Let the lust go. Let the rebellion go. Let the insecurity go. Let the depression go. Let the anxiety go. Let these need of valid, let it go tonight. Release it and watch the anointing of God flow through you, but you can't break it if you don't want it. I can't do it for you. We're like maybe preacher man will lay a hand on me. It's like, ah, it doesn't work that way. You can feel the anointing that way, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. Because I do want to pray for some people tonight, but I want you to understand, it's going to come down to your choice. Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What kind of life do you want to live? I'll do it when I get older. You are older. I'll say that one for the people in the back. You're old enough. You made it here. You dressed yourself. It's time to move forward knowing that I am created to be different. I want to get into these five things, and it's going to be quick. At the end of these five things, I'm going to tell you, within these five things, I'm going to tell you what the anointing is. And at the end of this, I'm just going to prepare your hearts. We're going to pray for some people. Don't know if I can pray for the whole room, but I know we got some youth pastors in here. Come on, shout out your youth pastors if they're next to you. Come on, give them some love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have so much love for you, youth pastors. You guys are heroes. I love it. Youth pastor, you're going to pray over your students tonight. And it's not going to be like every other Wednesday night or whatever your youth night is. Tonight, there's going to be an anointing that comes upon you. Hear me. Every youth pastor, every youth leader, you're anointed too. You're anointed to preach. You're anointed to teach. You're anointed to not give up. You're anointed to keep pressing forward. You're anointed to press back, to not give in to the distractions of this world. Because look at those that need you around you right now. And students, how about youth, young people? I don't know what you want, big people? I don't know what, whatever you want to be called. There's going to be an anointing that comes, comes on you tonight. And it will rattle everything that is not of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you these five things. And we're going to break it down for a second. The anointing is this. If you take notes, I know it's like night one. You might not take notes, but wow. So the anointing is number one. <laughs> Y'all stupid. <laughs> the anointing is number one, the power of God. The power of God. Someone say the power of God. I remember when I was at a youth camp uh, years ago, I used to be in a pan. I used to have frosted tips. I used to wear studded belts. Did the whole thing. The band was called Worth Dying For. We're still on Apple Music and Spotify, so you should go look us up. Um, so back in the day, worship team traveled, everything like that. 
But there was a moment where we were doing this youth camp and it was like one of those four-hour services and everybody's just crying and nobody, everybody's emotionally drained. But God was still moving and, and it was the altar. And, and I'm playing my guitar. I'm like off to the side, right? I'm playing guitar. I'm just in my mic. And, and the pastor comes up side stage and he starts walking towards me and I'm like, oh, thank God he's going to end it, right? Like we're over. And he comes and he whispers in my ear. He's like, hey, really feel like God is telling me to tell you that you have a song to sing and you're going to write one right now. I'm like, bro, you can sing it. <laughs> Unless you're going to put some auto-tune on it. Like, you know, I, I ain't doing this. Like, let's get out of here. I'm hungry. He's like, no, God's really telling me you're going to sing a song. And I'm just like, whatever. So I take a step back. And I'm like, God, really? Like, do I, and I love to write songs. Don't get me wrong. But it was just not the moment. So I processed. I thought about it. And then I stepped back to the mic. I was like, you know what? God is telling me to do this. So I'm just going to do it. Close my eyes. Prayed for a minute. It's just the altar. Maybe 100 kids are in the room. I began to sing the chorus to a song now, and we actually ended up recording it and everything like that, and it was awesome. But I sang this chorus of a song called At Your Cross, and I sang it first go around. Not written, kind of made up. I guess I was freestyling. I've always wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> but it was this moment where the Holy Spirit took over. My eyes were closed. I wasn't trying to think of anything. But by the time I got to the end of this course, I opened my eyes. And from right, my right to my left, it was like a wave hit the room. It was almost simultaneously that every student, all 100 students, hit the ground, fell on their face before God, and nobody provoked them. Nobody pushed them, nobody asked them to fall, but the Holy Spirit entered the room. Let me say it like this, the power of God hit the room so strong that everybody had to respond. Can I just tell you when the anointing shows up, it does not come in the box that you think it should come in. The power of God is bigger than anything you've ever seen in your past, any church service or any experience. Are you okay with God doing something that you haven't even thought of? Are you okay laying down your dignity and letting God hit your life so hard that sometimes you've never cried before, but you can't stop crying. You've never worshiped before, but now you're on your face. The anointing of God will hit a room. And you can't stand there hard, but you have to submit. Because when the power of God hits a room, it don't matter what your friends think. You're not trying to oppress anyone. Because when you get to heaven, that's all it is. It's worship 24. Why don't we start now? Why don't we practice now? Why don't we lay, out, lay down all expectations and let the power of God hit a room? And I've seen it camp after camp. I remember I preached at a camp and they told me, you, you can't even say the word Holy Spirit. You got to preach for 28 minutes and you got to give us back the mic. And I was like, man, I'm like not even praying. I'm like, y'all invited me? Do y'all know who I am? Like, I'm all about the Holy Spirit. What are we doing up in here? But I, oh, you know, I kind of fell in line. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm here to serve the house. I remember I did this camp. A thousand kids were there and I was just like preaching. I was preaching. And four nights in a row, by the last night, I was so fed up. It's like, God, I can't do an altar call, I can't pray for kids. I'm so frustrated. What do you want me to do? And he said, my power of God, my power that is of God. He said, my power is not a conditional thing that only comes at the end of a sermon. He said, I could show up at any time, at any moment. So I said, God, okay, let me take my hands off. I kid you not. In the middle of my 28-minute sermon, 14 minutes in, the place erupted. That's your age group. Not having this charismatic upbringing. No, 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 no. It was like I've never seen anything like it. I did not provoke it. No leader provoked it. They didn't get together and be like, hey, on the count of three, let's all shout together. Everybody stood up and did not stop praising God for 15 minutes straight. I finally took a step back. I did not preach. 
I just kind of did it with him. I was like, yeah, let's, let's go. What's going on? The Holy Spirit hit the room. The power of God hit the room. So I went back to, as a band, you might as well get up on stage. Because it's never about the preacher. I think we put way too much precedence on church structure. Worship team, get me there. Pastor, you better preach a certain word. But what if it has nothing to do with that? What if all of us, what if we're just funnels saying, hey, guys, it doesn't matter what the stage looks like. It just matters what your heart looks like. And are you prepared? Are you ready? Because at any moment, at any time, God could step into this room. He could sweep through this place. But are you willing to praise at a level that the power of God could hit a room and it could cause you to do something that you never thought you would do. I'll never walk to an altar. I'll never. Yeah, I keep saying that. Let's watch the power of God hit this room. And let's watch all the things that we are scared to do, fearful of doing. Here's my second thing. The anointing of God is tangible. You can feel it. Anybody ever get the goosebumps? Ooh, you feel it. Smoke in the room, the lights, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're like, ah, it's the bright atmosphere. Oh, they're singing my favorite song. Here's what, I th- here's what I know about this. You can feel the anointing of God. Here's how I'll describe it. You can see it with your senses. You can see it with your senses. Because you can't see the anointing of God right now. You're like, what, what, I can't see it. But you can feel it in certain moments. You, you can sense that God is with you. Now, you have to be conditioned enough to know that I don't just believe in God when I feel him. He's not only with me only when I feel him. He's with me at all times. But there are moments where you can absolutely feel the anointing of God flowing through you and the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And in those moments, it should re-strengthen your faith. And know that I have been built to pray for my friends, to move in a different way. Because it's tangible. I can feel it. I can sense it. Anybody remember, uh, you ever heard the story in the Bible of the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd, pressed through the crowd? Anybody heard that story? You heard that story? So she presses through the crowd. She's had this issue for 12 years. She presses through the crowd. And she touches the hem of his garment, of Jesus' garment. Jesus turns around, who touched me? Disciples are like, bro, there's a hundred people around here. Everybody's touching me. He's like, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me differently than everybody else touching me. Somebody touched me that had expectation. Somebody touched me that had a want, that had a desire. And here's what I've, I've realized about that story. If Jesus felt the woman touch him, What must the woman feel when power left Jesus? I'm telling you, everything must have broke down. Her body must have corrected. Every sickness came into alignment because the anointing of God flowed out of Jesus in that moment and everything must get in alignment with him. It's tangible. You can feel it. Number three. I love this one. The anointing is prevailing joy. I call it the oil of joy. Some of y'all need some joy. You've been frowning this whole time. <laughs> Psalm 45, 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Someone say joy. You can't even say the word with a frown. You got to smile. Joy. Get a little joy in your life. How can you win your friends? To Jesus, when you look just like him, you're sad just like your friends, but you're walking around with an eternal answer to tell them who they should be going to for all their problems. You should be walking around, walk down your school, you should be smiling, you should be thrilled. When mom wakes you up way too early, just say, thank you, mom. Don't use other choice words. Get some joy, young people. You're too young to be depressed. You're too young to be anxious. 
I don't even want to liken that to an age group. You shouldn't be depressed no matter what age you are. You shouldn't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Get the oil of joy. And here's what it is. The oil of joy is resistant against the attacks of the enemy. So when somebody tries to bring you down, they can't. Because you have already been built on joy. You have already chosen an overwhelming celebration of what God has done. I have joy not because of what happens to me. I have joy because of what he's already done for me. He died on a cross. So if you try to kill me, then I'm just like him. I'm going to have joy. Are you going to distract me? I got joy. You're going to talk about me? I got joy. You're going to get into my comment section? I got joy. Don't cuss people out. Just yell joy. It'll, it'll release something. You're anointed. And when you know you're anointed is when you don't give in to these moments. When people are coming against you, when the devil's coming, you got a prevailing joy. Number four, let me get the keys up here. I'm done. I'm going to pray for some people. The anointing is breakthrough. Number four. It's stronger than anything that you have in your life, anything that you've ever acquired. Here's what I believe. It took you five, five years to get into this bad habit that you have. No matter what it is. Let's say it took five years. It'll only take the Holy Spirit five seconds. I'm still a believer. I, I appreciate every 10 step this. and I, 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 love, I, I, I do. I really have an appreciation for it, but I have to get back to the place where if I go to God first, there's a good chance he's going to do one step of just breaking everything off my life. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. It's a breakthrough. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And look at this. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Because of the presence of God that you chose. And remember the beginning? How do you, how do you stay in this anointing oil? You remain in him. You learn to remain in him. Just to keep continually remind you that things happen in the anointing that never could happen without it. I've seen miracles. Y'all were just singing. He's too good to not believe. I mean, y'all were shot. I've seen cancer disappear. Some of y'all like, I ain't ever seen it, but I, I just love this song. <laughs> and you'll sing it with faith. And you'll sing it like you believe it in a church service. But the moment someone that you know gets it, it's a lot harder to believe because it's in your face. It's right in front of you. I remember at the end of 2019, my dad had a cardiac arrest. What that means is his heart stopped in that moment. Died in the car. Fell out in the church parking lot. I wasn't there at the time. He laid there for 45 minutes. They were working on him doing CPR. Zero percent chance to live. They get him over. They put every life support machine on him. I fly from Texas to California where he was at at the time. He's just plugged up. Everything is keeping his body pumping and moving. Something's in his heart, something's in his kidney, something, something everywhere. Head to toe. Breathing for him. It's pretty shocking to see. And in that moment, it brought me to a place where I had to decide, what do I really believe about God? What do I believe about the anointing? Do I really believe he's a miracle worker or do I just sing it? What do I really believe? And I remember the first day there was no hope, but they were going to keep him on all these life support machines. Day two, we started to learn that a lot of nurses that were coming in and out of his room would look at him and say, there's no hope for this guy. I don't even know why they're trying. And they began to speak certain words into the atmosphere. Now, me and my family, we don't roll that way. We don't like when you come into the atmosphere and you want to downgrade it. 
We don't like if you want to walk into the atmosphere and toss some words out that are positive or not even positive, but life-giving, miracle-filling, faith-filled. If it's not that way, you might not be able to hang around our circle. But especially on my dad's deathbed. So we decided to do something. Like the band, I, I told you, some of my dad's favorite songs were written within that worship team. So me and my sister went in there, and we would start playing songs. And we would worship over this body that was laying there. Now, he didn't just pop up and pull everything out. But we worshiped, and we believed that he was a breakthrough God. When even we didn't get a response, we kept singing. Now you got to know we're singing with faith while also thinking he might die. It's okay to have that understanding and approach life knowing that you might lose, but it's not really a loss because he's going to be healed in heaven. So we sang anyways. Then we started to hear the nurse's question. Why are they even doing that? These people are crazy. They're singing songs over a man that's going to die. And we did it even more. We actually asked the doctor to not have those nurses come in anymore. And we began to play worship music in his room 24 hours a day and for seven days. And I, I'll tell you this, by the time it got to the fifth day, the doctor said, hey, I never told you this, but every time you sing a worship song, his vitals go up. I don't know if you understood what I just said. Zero percent chance of living. Every life support machine. He's plugged up. He's headed straight to death. But when we worship over him, his body starts to... Because something's got to shift when the anointing hits the room. And some of y'all need to start singing over some dead things and dead dreams in your life. And watch it go back to life. Watch the heartbeat start again. Because on day seven, we sang, we prayed, and we even hoped he might go to heaven. But we believed we wanted him on earth. And day seven, I got a text that said, Miracle Sunday, your dad is going to live. The anointing in the room. My dad pulled his ventilator out. No brain damage. Full recovery. Why? Because when the anointing comes, nobody can stop. You better praise. You better shout. You better declare. Come on, somebody make some noise in here. Somebody praise a little bit. Somebody clap a little bit. Somebody press a little bit. dead things come to life oh wait 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 you're anointed so when you walk into rooms devils flee the dead will be raised dead things in your life will come to life dead faith wakes up it shakes things it's breakthrough it's the breakthrough you've been searching for and it won't come at the hands of anybody on this earth. It only comes through Jesus. And the last thing is this, and I'm going to pray over you, is that the anointing is transferable. Acts 8, 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received. They laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you right now. And there's going to be a transfer because some of y'all got some dead flies in your life. But when you begin to get that anointing back in, something's going to wake up inside of you. Sleeping giant, awake, oh sleeper. Come back to life. Come on, young people. You got a world to win. You got some chains to break. You got a future to get to. Bow your heads. I'm going to do two things. First thing, if you're not right with God, when I get to the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. 
if you're distant, if you're broke, if you haven't been close to him, if you're hurting right now and you need the love of Jesus, this is your moment to receive his salvation. If you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, make this decision right now. Don't wait for another moment. This is your best moment to say yes to him. And if that's you, I want you to lift your hands. One, no looking around. Two, if that's you and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, three, lift your hands right now. Praise God. My goodness. I can't even count how many people are lifting their hands right now. Devil, you lost again. You've never had a hold on any generation and especially not this one. Close your eyes, say this after me. Put your hands on your heart. Put your hands on your heart. Say this, say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I believe in the cross and in your resurrection. And right now, I'm yours for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. Woo! One more thing. This is gonna be cool. Now that we're all settled on that front, if you want the anointing of God to be alive and awakened inside of you, it's gonna be a transfer right now. There's gonna be a stirring right now. You know you've been dormant and you know you've let some dead flies attach themselves to your oil. But right now you need a fresh overflow. You know in this room you need the oil. And if that's you, when I get to three, could you lift your hands if you want that anointing? One, two, three. If you want that anointing, lift your hand. So with 100% of this room lifting their hands, here's what I need you to do. I need you to find a spot that is not currently where you're at. And watch when you move, watch what the power of God is going to do when he meets you in your movement. He's going to meet you in your movement. When I get to three, start with the altar. If you can't make it to the altar, get away from people that you're comfortable with and let the power of God touch you. Are you ready? Some of y'all are gonna run. Some of y'all are gonna fall on your face, but you're gonna do something you've never done to get something you've never gotten before. Come on, it's time to stir up a faith. It's time to stir up an expectation. Come on, if you want a fresh outpouring of the anointing of God, I need you to get out of your seat. One, two, three, move, move. And when you get to that place, I want you to shoot your hands up. I want you to fall on your knees. I want you to press in. I need you to get away. I need you to move some chairs. I need you to press in. Come on, lift your hands. We're gonna worship, we're gonna worship as we stir this up. And as you move, we're gonna worship right now. Come on. I'll pray right now. Anointing of God, transfer.